listening to The Polk Experience. Welcome to The Polk Experience. I'm your host, Kevin Smith. And I'm Jack Cormier. And we're here to talk about the best things in Polk County. And today, we are here at Southeastern University to speak with Clay Roberts, the head men's soccer coach, and Donnie Smith, the sports information director. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Hey, guys. Thanks for having us. Great to be with you. Fantastic. I'm so glad to be out here. It's the first time I've actually been a, had a chance to get out here to the campus and spend some time and look around. This is a beautiful school. What a beautiful campus this is. It is. It's easy to sell. I'll say it that way as a coach. You know, I think that's uh, obviously it's a fantastic uh, academic institute, first and foremost, and athletics all around are, are you know, what we think some of the best in town. And um, but it's just a, a constant joke amongst the coaches. Hey, you got a good recruit. Just get them on campus. That's probably going to seal the deal for you. So it absolutely is a beautiful campus. And you have some great uh, some great sports programs out here. Basketball, baseball, soccer, men's and women. Right. What else do you have out here, Donnie? Yeah, we started football in 2014. Uh, we've got wrestling. Uh, that was a historic uh, accomplishment for us. There had not been uh, a scholarship collegiate wrestling program in the state of Florida since 1985. Wow. And then we started our program in 2015, uh, brought in Javier Maldonado, a Central Florida kid, to help get that program started. Uh, and now we've got Brandon George, a three-time state finalist at uh, Lake Gibson, who's now our head coach done a great job continuing to build that had 10 guys go to nationals last year uh, which was an incredible accomplishment uh, and you and you mentioned basketball they had a great season last year both teams won the sun conference both qualified for nationals uh, so it's it's been great uh, to see the growth that we've had uh, coming here in 2013 everybody was kind of in a in a mood to where well we think we'll be competitive we've got a chance and from that point to here, it, it's gone from hoping that we can compete to expecting to compete and having some high expectations that come in every season. You know, it, it's, um, it's great, especially with NAIA schools. And, and this is one of the NAIA schools. I'm an NAIA athlete. Um, I nice. guess I can call myself a former athlete at this point at 57. <laughs> um, I, still got, I still got an inning or two left in me. Yeah. <laughs> I got maybe two pitches, maybe two. Um, but having an NAIA school and be competitive in, in sports and soccer and, and different sports, Clay, you know, you've, you've had an extensive background in sports and athletics. Can you tell us a little bit about your soccer experience and some of the places you played and some of the things you've done? Yeah, I mean, soccer has been a part of my family for a long time. Grew up playing soccer. I've got uh, three younger brothers, so I'm one of four boys. So God bless my poor mother, uh, but she's fantastic. She did a great job. And um, so soccer has been really a, a long you know, history within our family. And so uh, played through high school, uh, played, uh, went to college on a scholarship at Florida Southern uh, College, played uh, my time there. From there, was able to... Um, Play a little bit after college and so i had a chance to play in the usl with the charlotte eagles um, which was a fantastic organization um, part of three usl championships actually which was a fantastic experience and and you know really kind of helped i guess shape where i wanted to go from there uh, was blessed to be able to move up to philadelphia and play uh, five seasons as part of the major in uh, arena soccer league uh, at the which is the current name um, and, and which I coach in as well. But uh, this, uh, it was major indoor soccer there. So a little business change there back in the day, which dates us, but I uh, was able to play up there five seasons, win a championship. And um, I think just really it was always probably in my nature to stay in soccer. I know that as I was a, 
as a player. Uh, professionally, just knew that this is kind of where I was probably going to end up and started my coaching career while I was playing. Uh, rather than sitting around the house or, you know, taking the rest of the day off after practice. Um, was blessed to, to get on with some great universities. Philadelphia uh, Biblical University at the time was able to be a head coach there. And uh, one offseason was also an assistant coach at Palm Beach Atlantic down here in, in, in West Palm. And so just some great experience kind of in that, in that uh, ending of a career as far as a player goes. But, the you know, the birthing pains of, of my coaching career. And so uh, was really blessed to, to move in um, into coaching and, and found myself here. It's my seventh season here at Southeastern. And so it's been a, a really fun um, time. You know, this has been a program that uh, I view it as, you know, opportunity to build it and had really not had a lot of success since moving to the NAI in 2009. Is that when we, yeah, 2009, we, we started in the NAI and the program really, you know, it was there, it was good, it was competitive, but just never really, able to jump a hurdle um, right. it's probably the best way to say it and so um, really saw it as a great opportunity with a great institution to to build a program and so have uh, had a lot of pride in in you know what it's what it's looked like since then and, and and a lot of hard work's gone into it but just a fantastic group of kids year after year that keep you know allowing us to do that so um, so yeah it's That's a, terrific that's so terrific. It's a busy, it's transition, huh? Yeah. Well, you spent some time, you spent five years in Phillies, and anyone who's listening to this, what do you got, 100,000 people listening? Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe not. Um, anyone who's listening that from the Philadelphia area, we got to know this question before we go on. Pats or Genos? Uh, I'm a Genos through and through. Genos guy. 2007, All right. we won the, the MISL, the Major Indoor Soccer League, as part of, as part of the Philadelphia Kicks. And, um, Man, we I think we still got a photo up on you. If you if you if you're referencing them, you know there's photos up at Geno's. I'm pretty sure we're still up on a wall somewhere. Um, but both great establishments. But yeah, you know, I, I like the the saying from from one of the owners themselves. Hey, the meat's already dead. You don't need to chop it up anymore. Right? That's the difference between Geno's and Pat's. Right? It was the yep. meat, right? Yeah. The bread. So yeah, uh, it's a it's a great great town, great sports city. Really is. Uh, really blessed to to have spent some time there. Now, is that where you uh, knew Drew from uh, the current? That's where I met Drew Watson. Okay. Um, again, moving in town. Met Drew Watson there as just kind of a, um, a chaplain to our pro team. Said, hey, you know, hey, listen, you know, we know you want to get into coaching and, and there's an opportunity there. And so he referenced, um, you know, uh, to or gave me Drew's number and said, hey, you know, maybe could we be a good fit. Maybe it works for your schedule and what you have going on. And was able to, to have a good conversation with Drew and, and ended up coaching both the men and women's program um, in my time there. And so it was a busy time outside of playing. Um, developed a great relationship with Drew Watson and, and um, you know, went through trials there at a much smaller university with less resources. But, you know, it was it's funny. We actually talked um, even now just lunches that we had then saying, man, if we just had this, what could we do? You know? Sure. And so it's just really funny how, you know, you come full circle a few years, a few years later and you land at an institution that, that has some resource and you're able to do some things the way that, you know, you would want to do it. So. And, and you guys have, have continually to progress. I was reading, uh, reading some of the information uh, on the college and the program, uh, you know, from talking with Drew uh, a few months ago and, and even some of the research we've done, your baseball program, your soccer program, your basketball program, the college seems to be on a, on a trajectory of recruiting really good athletes from all over. 2019 Suncoast champions for soccer, right? And you were 2015 
coach of the year yes. for soccer. That's a, yes. that's a great accomplishment. So what's the next steps, Donnie, for the, for the school as, as we start looking at, you know, I see there's recruitment from kids all over the, all over the country, local and international. Yeah, it's it's usually a nice blend of, of local kids, of, of good high school players. Um, you get some occasional Division two and three transfers. Um, you, know, you can just look at Clay's roster, and it, it's just a great blend of guys with very exper- various experience. Uh, and I think the goal continues to be, uh, even going back, winning the, the Sun Conference Commissioner's Cup uh, last season, just to kind of establish ourselves as, as premier and across the board as a great athletics program. I think it's being competitive at the national level across the board, getting all of our teams to nationals, playing extra games there and, and making some deep runs. Great. And, and we know that obviously we're, we're centered around sports and what we talk about and the Polk experience and the best things in Polk County, but you're also a great athletic school. So your, your athletes, I'm, I'm sure, are, are graduating on time or at least close to it, right? Yeah, it's an important aspect. You know, they're a student athlete and it's always referenced that way. They don't get to get on the field unless they put the emphasis in the classroom. And so we really try to pride ourselves and not just in my team, but across the board and all of our teams. You know, we want these um, young men and women to grow. Right. That's what the university and college is all about and is expanding kind of, you know, after your sport days um, knowledge and. And, and so it's a high emphasis. You know, we really try to pride ourselves, obviously, on the field in athletics. But, um, you know, the academic experience is a huge part of what Southeastern is. That's what we are uh, to begin with. And so, um, you know, as we as we have weekly you know, study hall hours, the athletes have to complete, you know, grade reports that we're going through and, 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 you know, progress towards graduation really is a big point of emphasis for us. It's a part of our communication that we have with our students uh, on a weekly basis just to, to keep them driving forward. Um, you know, setting academic goals is as important as uh, setting athletic goals. And so uh, if we can be a you know, very well balanced in that. Uh, we just think it gives us a better, you know, a better, uh, not better, just a more well-rounded, you know, human being that we're dealing with, you right. know, and we can, we can ask them to push hard in certain areas, which, you know, uh, that are off the field that may reflect on the field. And so um, it's really, a, a, I think, a com- just a combined effort um, to, to say, hey, look, it's more than soccer or your sport. Um, it's, it's about growing up and and equipping yourself with knowledge that's going to help you for the long run. And so you guys are, you're going to be open for soccer as a fall sport and yep. um, you're getting ready. We're getting ready. So I appreciate you taking a little yeah. time out for us today. Let's talk about the team. Let's drill down. Let's, let's talk about 2020. How's it looking? It's good. I mean, for me, this is a great, um, one, just to be here is a blessing, right? You know, that was the, the controversy and that's the question out there is are college athletics going to be able to happen and what does it look like? And so uh, we have a great plan put in place just to be here and to try to make it happen. You know, then you can talk about well, what's the team going to look like, right? You know, who's going to show up and are there fears out there or some recruits just choosing not to play? You know, those are all the questions that as coaches we dealt with. Um, but we feel really strongly about our team that that's here and, um, you know, I think that it's it's on paper one of those teams you look at and you go, okay, they could really accomplish something great. 2018, we won the conference tournament last year, um, had a great season as well. Another run into the national tournament, getting the the at large bid, and um, just really felt like last year, man. You know, are we going to have to have a rebuilding year? We're, we're graduating off eight or nine players, and 
Um, you know, you never know what that's going to look like, right? You, you're recruiting hard to try to, to bridge that gap uh, on those big losses. And so we were able to bring in um, a lot of great players, you know, players that are right for our system, right for our school. And, you know, they're working hard already. You know, our, our preseason, uh, we showed up, what, two and a half weeks ago, um, you know, to start preseason camp. But our preseason really started at the beginning of the summertime. You know, we've been on Zoom calls like most people in the world, it feels like, um, having weekly calls, talking uh, and getting to know each other, really laying a foundation so that when we showed up, uh, whenever that was going to be, you know, we didn't feel like we were behind and connecting. And so relationships were already being built. Um, you know, who we are and what we're about was already being spoken about and, and really defined. Uh, and I really think that was a, a huge key. You know, the first day we showed up here, these kids were uh, from all over the world. We've got players from from Brazil, we've got players from Germany, Italy, Spain, uh, obviously the U.S. I mean, just, you know, not just here in, in, in Polk County, but all over the state of Florida and outside. And so it's a really diverse group as well. Obviously, what's going on in, in our world right now as far as racial inequality and and just justice that's out there has been, you know, conversations that we've been able to have, which has been fantastic. And um you know, and so to, to not just talk about soccer in your program, but just talk about life has really, I think, already bonded this team, you know, to, to have, a, you know, a great culture. And so the, the foundation has been set um, and it's been two weeks worth of, you know, get getting fit, starting to oh, yeah. get off the couch, get those old, you know, rust <laughs> Time buckets. And to credit to our players, they, they did a great job this summer working on our, our summer workout packets and, and um, and showing up, you know, to preseason ready to go. You know. you've, you've got a depth of midfielders that most colleges would be jealous about. So tell us about you've got what three all conference. Yeah, we had, we've had we've had some great depth and we return uh, some great players. And, you know, we have some some guys that we think can have a special year coming into their senior year. Um, we're turning all conference players at Julian Hall. Uh, Benavir Espinal, uh, Skylar Funk, just some some really great nucleus players that uh, we're grateful to have, you know, that we didn't lose off last year. And so it was really nice starting to uh, recruit around that, you know, and, and know what you have and know what you need to, you know, what roles you need to fill. And so we were able to get some all-conference you know, esque players from other universities to transfer in and and fill those roles. Some junior college kids needing to move on that are that are going to be highly impactful. And so we feel like we have a really great balance um, of players, uh, not just in an undergraduate look as well, but we have I think six graduate students as well. And so you have kind of a an older group, a more mature group, and guys that are you know kind of on the same the same page and or last leg, right? right? You know, they're saying, okay, we got maybe one or two years to make something happen, and and we're a caliber player that we feel you know that we feel strongly can come in and produce uh, in that regard. So um, you know, hopefully, we're in another championship discussion here as the season gets going. Yeah, we're doing our research, and actually, we do have you on paper here. And uh, I was looking through that, and you have a number of graduate players, and you've got like 12 seniors on the team. So you've got some definite leadership, right? We've got great leadership, yeah. and that, that shows, you know, um, 
I think my wife maybe it was one conversation. She said, what are you going to do after this year? You know, you, you thought you lost a lot last year. <laughs> you know, you set yourself up for a lot of off-season work here. I said, maybe we'll retire, you know. Maybe. <laughs> no, but, uh, no, you know, you take When the Nationals yeah, drop the mic. Go yeah, off man. on top, right? That'd be great. <laughs> Uh, you know, every year has its has its obstacles and every team is so unique. And, um, you know, the graduate players are, are great. Like you said, they're just a little bit more experienced than the younger player. And they they offer a little bit more composure, a little bit more accountability, obviously, which are our great core values in our program. And so um, as we look to those guys for leadership moments, you know, there's there's an expectation that comes with that. Right. You know, you, you have experience. Um, and I think they're up for it. They're already having great conversations off the field and having the demand on the field. Uh, so we're excited for just only being a couple of weeks in. Well, you know, Donnie, and, and we touched on this just a little bit about the number of international players and all the talent you're recruiting from, I mean, Southeastern University and Polk County. How are you reaching out? I mean, you're the SIME. You're doing a heck of a job, man. You're the information guy and you're getting international players in here. How's, How's that happen? That, that's all on our coaches in having those those international connections and, and getting those guys here. Uh, it, it makes our social media uh, sometimes a little bit of a challenge uh, in scheduling things to go out at times to where families in, in Spain or Australia or, or wherever are going to be able to see it. Because if we're if we're posting things at, at good times locally, then those families are missing out. But there's times where you know, we can either cross post something or or do it in a, in a way to where they'll see it and they'll be able to share it and get our name out a little bit more. Uh, you know, one, one of the things I'm also impressed with with Clay's team is, you know, sometimes if, if you're a baseball coach and you're a pitching guy, you're going to build that team around pitching and your hitting will, will kind of be serviceable. Uh, or in football, if you're a defensive guy, you're going to make sure you've got great linebackers. Clay was a defender and his team score like crazy. <laughs> yeah. So you're out there. Hey, kick the ball. You know, you're living vicariously through them, right? You know, <laughs> the years yeah. of never getting to score a goal, and you know, um, no, it's it's good. I mean, to to Donnie's point, all the coaches, you know, you have a certain strategy in recruiting, right? Some some recruit the best players and try to make it happen. Some recruit to a system um, and make sure the right player fits the system. And I think we're probably a happy medium of both. And it's been it's been. Um, nice to be able to, you know, I think for that strategy, it's nice to be able to build year to year and, you know, you're not left um, trying to teach everything to a whole new team. You know, you have guys that are there to help teach, you know, and coach the players that they're playing alongside. And, um, you know, it's, 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 it is interesting. I think it's probably the first year I've actually had this many international students. And again, we always laugh, you know, every semester is a different team, and, you know, with with players in and out. And um, it's probably the, the heaviest international group we've ever had. And that's not by design. It's just, you know, by by, you know, I guess it is by design, actually, uh, it's, you know, it's not by chance, I should say. Um, and so it's it's you know, it's it's unique, you know, yeah. and I think it's just maybe the right players at the right time for what's going on in our world. You know, and, for and the they come with they a have. different philosophy of, of soccer. Right. You know, yeah. the, the European philosophy is a little different than the American. So yeah. you've got to try to blend this. Tell us a little bit about that. First, they yeah. call it football, right? Yeah. You got to get football. that out of them. Yeah. That's I mean, the first it's, thing it's with just the a big yeah. controversial world word around here. You know, um, <laughs> you know, it does. They do bring a different um, mindset just because, you know, where they're coming from. They don't have the NBAs. They don't have the NFLs. They don't have the major league, you know, baseball and hockeys and the other big time sports that we have that pull a Away, um, you know, they're they're 
not isolated to a sport. They're just, just not exposed at that level. And so their, their dreams as a kid, they'd grow up seeing, you know, soccer really at a professional level. And, and much like us, I know Donnie loves the bears and, and through and through. Right. I mean, it's just one of these things where you come from, you attach to the, to the condolences, Donnie. Thank it's you. Okay. Yeah. you know, we're here in Tampa Bay area. We got hockey, you know, it's yeah, hockey, I football. seen a day below 90 in the last, you know, whatever, yeah. 90 but, days, I guess. So. It, it is an odd transference because when if you go to Europe and you're sitting in a room in a hotel room and you're like on the TV and you're expecting to find a baseball game or mm-hmm. any type of thing it's either soccer or biathlon yeah, yeah. and it's almost like I watched biathlon one time I was over in Europe yeah. like I had no idea this existed yeah like ski and shoot yeah, yeah, exactly. When when would you see it here? You just not here. It's just a different kind of coverage, right? Yeah. And so, yeah. but that you know, to your point, to it adjusts you know that mindset of that that kid coming in, and and it does help maybe um, push a domestic student you know towards the the type of commitment that that you want for in your program. So it's actually a great a great tool, so to speak. You know, it, it's um, as you said, we're in a different time, and and I guess a little input from both of you. We're soon, hopefully, going to be in a post-COVID world at some point. How how do you think the game's going to change? I mean, how is that going to all? I mean, I, I how is everything going to change for us? I, I hope you're right. I hope it so does too. change back. Uh, you know, watching baseball games with, with cardboard cutouts is <laughs> is starting to get old. Um, watching games in in bubbles with virtual fans is, I think it was neat for a while, but I. I'm so ready to kind of get back to the way things were, um, you know, being, I, I think when you guys talked to, to Drew Watson, he mentioned about what it was like at the women's basketball national tournament when that came to a stop uh, back on, on March the 12th and just kind of the eerie feeling around that day and then going into the weekend and there's nothing. Uh, it was just so strange. And I, I hope we get back to the point to where we're able to have full crowds. We're able to have high fives. When a guy hits a walk-off home run, he's able to have Gatorade dumped on him at, at home plate and his teammates mob him. Um, but for right now, I'm just happy that we're, we're playing in some way, shape, and form again. So, so besides redesigning the website, I saw the redesign. Looks fantastic. Thank you. So you go into a, to a, this sudden vacuum of no sports and SID. So what does, uh, what do you do? You work on the back end, you get some notes together. Yeah. That first Saturday with no games, uh, you know, around here, Saturdays in March, we're used to having a couple baseball games, a couple of softball games, uh, golf's in action, tennis is going, basketball teams are on a late run. They're usually pretty busy. And then all of a sudden that, that third Saturday in March or whatever it was, there's nothing. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm out walking the dog like, is, is this what regular people do with their weekends? They don't have to go to work. They're not on campus so at 8 sports, o'clock. Right? Makes you wonder, right? That's right. It's like, is, if this is normal, I'm, I'm kind of glad I work in sports. But then, you know, we, we did kind of get back into it. I think we, we made a focus on, on sharing some stories of our student athletes, um, just kind of what makes them interesting, how they got to Southeastern, um, what's special about them. Um, I personally worked on one about our defensive line coach, Skylar Mayo. He was here as a player, went through a battle with cancer and just kind of talked about how that strengthened his faith and and the faith that he needed to make it through that battle and to come back and play and now be a part of this coaching staff. Uh, That was that was kind of our immediate focus. We we knew at least 
at that time we weren't going to have games for two weeks. Pretty good idea. It was going to be longer. It was just right into what stories can we tell uh, to remain relevant, to remind people we exist, um, to kind of love up our student athletes and our coaches a little bit too, because, you know, some of them back at that point had no idea how things were going to turn out. Did they just lose, you know, were seniors cut to their final year of eligibility being five to 10 games. Uh, so it was, it was just trying to be positive in, in a time to where there was not a ton of positives going on. Yeah. I mean, your baseball program, one of the best in the nation all yeah. of a sudden gets five games in. We were, I think we were 26 and one, Okay, but okay. we had You're won 25 yeah. in a row. Yeah. Um, so it would have been nice to see kind of how that played out over the next couple of months. But again, not knowing how that was going to shake out. Um, you know, we did have a player end up signing a free agent contract uh, with the Washington Nationals and Zach Cornell. Uh, we shared his story before that whole process started and and just about what made him unique and wanted him to be a part of the southeastern community. You know, that's that's um, that's some of the information, especially I think people like to know about it. it's like, what, what are we doing? How is this all going to work? And you guys are back up and running and we want to make sure that the people that listen to this you know, support the fact that these athletes are back in school. The school's back in school, right? Yeah. The people are coming yeah. out and the, um, the the students are back and the student body is, is back. And, and so having athletes out on the field is just another part of this whole academic process for them and, and part of their journey. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to shift gears just a little bit and I'm going to call on your, your broader knowledge of the game of sports <laughs> because we want to, get into everything a little bit. So um, let's talk about the Olympic movement, 2021. How do you, how do you feel about the U.S.'s chances in, in the Olympics? Uh, I think the same way. I mean, we're, it, it, sports are unknown right now, you know, and I think just using our own um, college students returning to campus, you know, is a great way to look at it. You had kids that were shut down for X amount of months, you know, and what do they look like when they turn back up, back in that competitive training environment with their peers, you know, not in an isolated format. Olympians are doing the same thing, right? There's a lot of isolation training going on. And, um, you know, much like the games, you know, Donnie's excitement about getting games. You know, I think you realize how much that that social aspect of sports means to not only the fan, but the, you know, the athlete themselves and the, their, their drive, you know, sometimes is pushed by that peer that they're training with and, um, you know, trying to get that personal record um, or, or, you know, whatever, whatever event they're in. Yeah. I think it, it's a, it's a huge part um, for this, you know, Olympics and, and what the athletes look like and how their motivation level is. You know, one thing we talk about, you know, with our own athletes, you know, what is the what's the mental breakdowns that have happened? You know, what kind of um, therapy maybe do we need to offer to help, you know, kids transition back and and, and athletes and, you know, students, student athletes transition back into, hey, back to normal, what they what they knew when it was just ripped from them. And, you know, maybe told to go hide in the corner, right? right. You, know, yeah, you, right. you know, you never know the vast um, mindsets that have, that have been dealing with COVID, especially Olympians. So um, I think it's a great opportunity, right? For all the Olympians, just uh, globally, just, you know, to help boost sports and boost the idea that, you know, hey, um, sports bring us together to cheer for something. It should bring joy, you know, and those, for me, those athletes have, um, 
not a burden, just a great opportunity to kind of propel society back into a feeling of normalcy uh, after this COVID or during it, to be honest. You know, if if this is with us for some time, which maybe it is, um, we're going to learn how to live with it. You know, I think that's something we say around here. We're going to learn how to live with it and how to maneuver. And are there precautions that you would, you know, take now more than ever? Sure. Olympians are doing the same thing. Sure. Do you guys ever get the impression that moving forward from here that no one will ever take sports for granted again, mm. especially after, you know, there's been no sports for four or five months. And it's like anything. I'll watch two ants crawl, yeah. whatever yeah. it is. Right. I had <laughs> curling on one night. I was with you. I was yeah. about to say that. You have that. That's what we had. That's that's all NBC Sports had that night. So that's what I had. I, I what was it I watched? I watched Cornhole one day. OK. Yeah, I, I watched that and thought, what? I was able to hold out until hockey. I was able to hold out until hockey. And then we had the first hockey game on and my wife's like, oh my God, I've never seen you stare at a television like that. I'm like, it's just, it, it's sport. I mean, it's back. something, it's back. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, you know, competition. It's, it's got your attention. Yeah, yeah I, I think know? that's, I think. There's only so many old world series I can watch. As a, <laughs> yeah, as a nation, yeah, there was a lot of old baseball on TV. <laughs> Um, but as a nation, as a world, I think we all learned the value of sports, right? For for athletes and for for us as people, we we like it. We like our games. We like our sports. The the youth game, and um, again another transition, uh, the youth game. And I think as we go forward with development for this country and even for school recruitment, how is that? How is that going to change a little bit, do you think? I, I heard someone say the other day that they're now teaching a no-contact game. Is Yeah, it's interesting. How do you teach a contact sport, you know, um, to kids and say, hey, but actually you can't touch each other, right? Yeah. You, you can't yeah. go and compete, you know. So the, full disclosure, you also work for the tropics. I do. So feel yeah. free to, because yeah. I know they have a youth component. So yeah. if you want to draw a yeah, sure. Um, I mean, the Tropics is a great organization here in our community, um, roughly 3,000 kids involved, you know, which is uh, just a ton of families that are a part of it. And yeah, obviously including we have my boss's a, kid. Exactly. Just so you know, including my boss's kid. Okay. Chris? Yeah. Really? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's got a great impact on our community here in Lakeland. And, and obviously the professional team that play at the RP Funding Center and, and, and the outdoor teams that are, that are out here at Lake Myrtle and, and just competing the Tropics brand is, is, is really growing in our area. Um, but specifically with the youth, you know, that's kind of the question, right? That's kind of unknown. We all can go back to work and have been able to, to some, you know, to some extent, right? As, as grownups and, um, you know, just some colleges are opening back up, students are starting to get back on campus, but, you know, school hasn't started with the with the little ones yet. And, and you know, to your point of, of sports, what does that look like? You know, and there's so many precautions that are in place, even for the college student, you know, they're doing the same thing with the youth temperature checks, you know, trying to figure out ways uh, to pit, to pivot your coaching style. Right. That are going to help keep the kids safe and uh, away from each other in a contact sport the best you can. Um, but, you know, you, you kind of wonder, is that going to is that going to play on the psychological development, you know, of the of a young athlete right. in that sport? You know, or is it going to set us back in sports a little bit, kind of a reset back to um you know, maybe just the pure athleticism of some kids standing out more um, rather than the student of the game, right? That's developed and, and can equate um, in, in a comparison, you know, to balance it out. So I think it's a, I think it's going to be fine personally. 
I think that as kids and, and again, coming back to the, we're going to learn how to live with this thing. Um, it's going to help everybody just say, Hey, we can do this a little bit more. This is working. This is working. You know, it, this is going to pop up. Someone is going to catch a virus. So does that shut everything down? You know, I think more people are starting to say, I don't think it shuts everything down. You know, we can learn how to isolate and mitigate the spread of it mm-hmm. and, and let, you know, let us move forward. And so I know that's what we're doing here. We've taken on the same um, strategy. Uh, the tropics are doing the same thing. And obviously everyone's care and safety is the number one priority. Right. And, right. And, you know, if we can't do that, then then we shouldn't. We shouldn't be out there. And so um, but I think there are ways that we've you know, everyone has figured out how to how to maneuver, how to make it happen and and stay as safe as possible. Well, I know that in the past, the the uh, U.S. youth development side of soccer is, has lagged behind the Europeans mm. for many years. And I, I think we're finally making some progress. Right. I think that the, the programs around the country are finally making some progress and hopefully you're correct and it won't set us back too far because yeah we have world cup bids in now for florida and the central florida area i gotta imagine well, yeah in orlando yeah orlando they, they had a for bid sure. in for that yeah, so for sure. that's going to be a huge impact for our area if we I get mean, into that right uh it's a i mean we hope fingers crossed right i mean the economic impact from world cup is is incredible um you know, assuming that you have fans and stands and you have people to come, you know, you're allowed to come and watch, which I know we just announced, um, you know, we're our 15. You want to talk about that? Maybe sure. Just the capacities that are starting to open back sure. up and you want to. Kind of yeah, we're, we're excited to have fans at, at our Southeastern games coming okay. up uh, this fall. You know, we're, we're going to be 50 percent uh, for, for our outdoor venues and, and just a little bit under that uh, for indoor sports. Uh, you know, having having some social distancing in place, having masks uh, as a condition of entry, uh, just trying to make sure that that we can do this safely, we can do this smart, uh, so that way we can have a good student athlete experience. Parents are able to be there, uh, and that's a huge part as well. Uh, it's we, we've seen a lot of games already that have no fans. Uh, college football, uh, to me is all about a, a fan experience. And especially right. at Southeastern, you know, we've got uh, the, the video board, we've got uh, fire shooting out of the scoreboard when we mm-hmm. score, just trying to have a great college football atmosphere, having uh, the drum line, having the pet band, all of those are, are integral, at least in, in my mind and in my heart, the right. way that I know college football. When you mention those two words, those are the immediate things that, that come into mind, even before you even start talking about a game or, or some of the programs. It's just more of the atmosphere. It's the tailgating and things like that. And and just I, I think we see that as a small win to be able to have fans and, and to have that that game day atmosphere. Yeah, I, I think that's going to be really important. I'm glad that you brought that up because that's now your fall sports, your soccer, football, what other outdoor sports? Uh, soccer and football are the outdoor sports. Volleyball indoors uh, is what we have in the fall. Okay. And so how will people be able to, if any, someone's listening to this, what do they do? How do they go about finding out more information uh, on you know, coming to a game? Perhaps people who want to come out and support and make sure. Sure. Head to our website, seufire.com. Uh, that's where we have all the information. Our schedules are up to date, uh, which which Clay can probably talk to has been uh, a little bit of an adventure over the last few months or so, uh, trying to put together a slate for his guys. Uh, all, all our ticket information, our fan policies, everything like that are on their website at seufire.com. Okay. And they can go on there and they can find out more information, come out and support the teams. Well, you know, I, I think, well, my last question, I know Jack's got a couple more questions. But my last question is going to be centered around Ocho Cinco. 
<laughs> is, is he a good ball? Is he a good soccer player? Is he a good ball handler um, out there? You know, we've seen him around the state of Florida on a soccer field. And here's the thing about Ocho Cinco, right? He's a great athlete. I mean, we all yeah. watched him on Sundays for years, and uh, you love his charismatic attitude and and you know smack talk that he brings. And um, you know, he was a good football player. I'll say it that way. You know, soccer. He's he a, can't he's listen. A, he's, he's a good football fan. or football. He's like, a good fan, right? There but, you go. but he does enjoy it, you know, and I think that's great. I think that speaks to just um, how the game of soccer, you know, is kind of expanding here in the U.S. You know, kind of back to your point of, uh, you know, U.S. soccer is developing and, and we don't want to set back due to this whatsoever. Um, but you've got you've got great minds that are out there that are investing in soccer. You know, Ocho Cinco is in the state. I mean, he's local guy. You've got LeBron James. That's an owner you know and you've got multiple uh, athletes that are that are investing in the sport of soccer the professional level and the business aspect um you know i think that's just it, it shows support it shows how far it stretches across our world it's the it's the world sport um and you know you can go anywhere and just roll that thing out there and 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 just develop relationships out of that right not just the competition level you, know, you can go anywhere and, and strike up a conversation around it so i think it's definitely one of the beauties of the game well, and, and you, you definitely can't go to any continent in the world and find find the game of soccer or football. Yeah. It's there, you know. Um, and I was going to ask you about the fan experience for the tropics okay. because I will say those are some of the craziest fans. You've been to a game. Jay? I've been to games, okay. uh, especially out at Lake Myrtle. Okay. Uh, I did not get to one of the indoor games, yeah. but I will. But All the great. fans at Lake Myrtle are insane. So same fans, I would say. Okay. <laughs> same. We, you know, we got this little crew. We, we've we've uh, recruited to to go out there and have a good time. Drums and, and I was gonna smoke. Say, is there somebody yeah. need a drum because that seems to be the thing. You got drums. You got smoke bombs going off. You got chants going on and it, you know again it's the same thing that you get at a, at a football game here southeastern it's it's fan experience it's environment that's being created and uh you love it when it's the fans that are actually you know the ones gearing up you know all the all the support sure. and and not something somewhat you know put together by by us and the host um which neither are just you know, right or wrong it's just you know how it comes about it's authentic and so the fans are fantastic you know we have averaged um Two, three, and four thousand fans at games, both the indoor uh, here at the RP funding and outdoor, and so it's a great, it's a great sport, it's a great brand, it's really connected well here in our in our community, and uh, and kind of really showing how actually you know Lakeland is somewhat of a of a soccer community uh, in between you know the two big Orlando and Tampa areas, and yeah. so and it's, and it's, it's a great uh, cross section of people. I mean, it yeah. it it it's every race, every age. Yes. Uh, and they're all cheering on soccer. Uh, it's a real fun spirit out there at Lake yeah. Myrtle. It was no, a load of fun. Great family environment, right? Um, yeah. you can, anyone can bring the kids out. You can come out um, young, old, and just connect with it. You know, it's one, it's Florida. You come out and enjoy an evening, right? Just to, yeah. to see something different in the community, not having to travel too far uh, or in the air conditioning in the, in the arena. Yeah. You know, it's just, yeah. you know, what's your... Uh, what's your appetite? And and so it's just, it's a really great family environment. Um, you know, I think that again, as it grows, uh, we hope that as we get started this next season, it, it continues to grow and expand and, 
I think it reflects well on our community in Polk County. Do you have the drum here at Southeastern for the soccer games? Is somebody out there banging? We do. The it's actually in our locker room. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. We, I was we, say, we stage it. <laughs> well, you know, you got two old guys like me and Jack. You know, we'll put the face paint on, and as long as okay. we get to come out, with I'm going to hold you that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Not the fire. Careful Not what you put the out fire. There. I got close to the fire out at Lake. Is Murray there really for, fire and it comes out of this? I mean, it's oh a, yeah, like a fire. Yeah, I had hair. Like a. <laughs> <laughs> So like a Motley Crue concert? Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. They have fun. They have fun. They spend some time in the parking lot and then come watch the game. Oh, so. This is terrific. Well, you know, I want to thank you guys for your time. We're, we're here today with Clay Roberts, the head coach of the soccer team here at uh, Southeastern University, and Donnie Smith, the sports information director. Guys, this has been a real pleasure, and it's been a pleasure to have you on the Polk Experience, find out a little bit more about what you guys are doing here, the fact that sports is going to be open here at Southeastern and school's open. And we want to uh, get people to come out and support you. So thanks for thanks for being a part of it. Yeah, thanks for having us. Really, really enjoyed the time. Fantastic. Thank you.